Hi, everybody. This is Robert from About Y'all's Media, talking to you about the Truth or Politics podcast, doing sort of an intro to an intro. Uh, we have our first couple episodes we're going to uh, release here. It's going to be a part one and a part two of our introductory podcast. The first one is uh, really focused on just sort of getting to know us a little bit, myself and Bradley, your co-hosts, and also looking at the structure of the podcast. Um, we have a few terms, uh, um, definitions, and things we want to go through. We'll do all of that and also talk a little bit more about some current uh, issues and, and thoughts that we have. And But this is, a, a for the most part, not a bias-free podcast. Uh, we accept all biases. We uh, acknowledge that they exist. And what we hope to do, though, is have civil discourse. Uh, no trolling, no attacking people for their views. Um, but we try to also make it as fact-based as we can. So our hope is that we will uh, discuss uh, the terms and, and the events and facts as they come before us within news um, print articles, internet, and also um, video audio. So we're going to do our best to do that. We appreciate you guys being with us. And as I sorry, walk a little over here to get some of my notes, I also wanted to remind you um, that you can reach us um, by our uh, email if you want to leave some comments for us, and that is truthorpoliticspodcast at gmail.com. You can also give us a call at 662-374-0778. And then finally, um, also in uh, the Facebook uh, site, we have a Facebook group. And to get to it, you would just simply type into the, uh, let's say, the search uh, function within a Facebook site. Obviously, you need to be on Facebook yourself initially. But if you type in these specific words, The Truth or Politics Podcast, in that search area, it will come up in the groups. And then you can click on that and you will see our icon. Uh, we are currently settling in right around 86 members, I think. So that's been great just for the short amount of time that we've put that out there. And we don't even have a podcast that we've posted yet. <laughs> so uh, once we do that, we'll say more things about where that's going to be available. Uh, we hope to have it, obviously, in iTunes uh, and have it on all other sort of platforms that you can um, go to and listen. So please help us make this an experience for everybody. Um, if you hear us and want to make comments, please do. You can go to the review section and leave some comments on there. That will get us uh, noticed and more people will join in the conversation. And again, hopefully we can have a civil discourse when it comes to politics and trying to find the truth. Thanks a lot. Everybody have a great day. And I'm going to roll the tape. Episode 1, Introduction to the Truth or Politics Podcast. I think this is why we, I, we created the podcast, because I just don't know where true science is anymore. I don't know where the truth is anymore. Um, that is recognized by a majority of people. Uh, do you think there is anything out there, Bradley, where we can say it's, it's really hands down is recognized as this is the source that everybody can go to 
And we're all going to trust where this comes from. And you might need to turn off the oven uh, for an introductory podcast. You sure are some popping off some hot takes here, Robert. The truth will set you free. At least that's what I've been told. I said the truth will set you free. At least that's what I've been told. I've got misinformation on the left and right of me, and in the middle, the truth to behold. Welcome, everyone. My name is Robert. And my name is Bradley. And in the words of Jim Carrey's Ace Ventura, how is everyone doing in the world of politics in 2020, COVID-19? Alrighty then, let's get on with the show. No, really, I started that way because it is Jim Carrey's patented way to surprise his audience into thinking he actually cares what they think and then just steamroll right over them. Well, that is not, in fact, the way that we plan on this podcast to roll. Instead, we are going to painstakingly choose our questions, responses, and hopefully choose more fact-based than opinion-based answers to our topics so that we do, in fact, engage you, dear listeners, not just to follow along with us, but we really, really want to hear back from you. Bradley, what do you think of them apples? Am I speaking the truth? Well, Mark Twain did say that a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. I'm sure that we'll discover that on our journey to fund the ever-elusive truth. <laughs> do, do I have to, Wait a minute. Yeah, a lie can travel halfway... No, I'm not, I'm, I'm, just, uh, I'm not trying to redo what you said. I'm trying to figure this back again. A lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is putting on... Oh, now I get it. Awesome. <laughs> Great, Bradley. Good stuff. All right, so here is what we have in store for you in this introductory The Truth or Politics podcast. My favorite word is the word. The word. Isn't it a beautiful word when you think of it? It just covers everything. The word. <laughs> I know words. I have the best words. Words matter a lot, and I got the point across. So, as a former English teacher, quite short-lived career in that, but that is another story for another day, and for Bradley, an English tutor in college, and an incredible wordsmith in his own right, we want to start off each main segment of the show with our definitions for this particular podcast. We aren't defining words, especially ones most people know the meaning of, just to act smarter than everyone else. But we do this to give us a common language that will work for all of us as we explore, in quotations, the truth. Do you think it's important to do that, Bradley? Um, well, in a day and age where so much is subjective, there's no, no better place to start than with fundamental things everyone can agree on. This week, we should really just start on the ground floor. Yeah, absolutely. 
So what is our first word we want to define and, uh, and why do we pick that word as our first word? I think the first word would have to be politics since that will be the main focus of this podcast. And I think no better way to start that would be than with the most pertinent definition of politics, which Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines as the art or science of government, influence, influencing governmental policy, and holding control over a government. And uh, the I also like to get into the et- etymology of words, which I think would be yeah. uh, helpful for everybody out there. Yeah. And the, go- the word government actually comes from the term govern, from Old French governor, derived from Latin gubernare. Any Latin people out there, just please forgive me, which means to direct, rule, guide, or govern, which is derived from the Greek to pilot a ship. If we're, we're talking about government, and, um, you know, I, I found some definitions of it, and, you know, I, I want to be as, as um, uh, what do you want to call it, as uh, accurate as I can be. But even with, you know, politics and government, I'm not so sure how much I enjoyed um, or, or appreciated the, the way that those things were termed. And what, what I have seen for um, a discussion about what politics means and what government means, um, I'm going to read you something else that I've written on here. So here, here's what I have actually put together when it comes to government and politics and it, it's based on what I think is a more usable definition. And, and maybe the two of us can agree upon this. Let's see. So I think that government is essentially a, sort of a giant machine with many parts that operates to fulfill the needs of its population. Politics is the population's way of systematically allocating and distributing how much money they want to operate the parts of the machine they think they need yeah yeah i think that's something both that we can uh we can find truth in both of those definitions which i guess speaking of that the third word probably needs to be truth since it is in the title of the podcast let's do that um which merriam webster um giving them a, a lot of shout outs today uh defines truth as the body of real things events and facts or actuality or the state of being the case um or it can, of course, mean, you know, there's other definitions. We we don't really want to get into minutia of reading every single definition, but we want to give you the information that we feel is uh, important for the conversation. So I don't feel like, you know, talking about the uh, the truth as in a uh, transcendental sense will really get us anywhere on this. Um, but, you know, what do you think about that, Robert? As far as the, you know, the etymology and stuff, I mean, it does go back to Old English. Um, so what, what I think, uh, I, I think is important, uh, when we talk about the truth, I, I think we have to realize that we're using the English language, um, to use this word and, and, you know, truth dates, it predates English. So it, you may have something that goes back to either, um, if, if you think of the Germanic influence that's on the English language and, and what that would do for the meaning of the word truth. Uh, think about the, the Greeks when they wrote about truth and then eventually think about the, the Romans and what they did. Think about the, you know, the, the Asian cultures and the Middle Eastern cultures and all their various definitions of truth. 
And, and certainly, as, as you're alluding to, um, we could go round and round and round about what, you know, the truth actually means. And, and I think for us in this particular case where we're going to debate what is true and what isn't from what we hear in the news, I think what we're really looking for is what is a fact and what isn't. Uh, that's the way that I, I seem to um, think about it myself. So what do you think about that type of usage for it? The truth really is just something that is a fact or not. Yeah, um, I would agree with that because I think there are, as you said, principles that predate etymology and even, I guess, communicated language. Like I think that truth has probably been inherent from the beginning of time uh, in every way, shape, and form of anything that we really do. Because, I mean, from the beginning of time, there's always been truth and there's always been uh, you know, falsehoods. Yes, completely. No, c- completely. And, um, so, you know, I think that, you know, you, you could, and, and I do hope actually at some point we have some fun with, with some of these things. I mean, if you think about, you know, Plato and the, the allegory of the cave and, and, and talking about with his theory of forms and what is a true, um, representation of something and, and, you know, and, and, it really was kind of like his stage to say the only people who really could know what was true were philosophers because they could unchain themselves from this ridiculous scenario he had set up in this cave. And, and, you know, and that's, that's almost a little demeaning as far as I'm concerned, because we, you know, not all of us are philosophers. I'm certainly not a philosopher and, and, and I don't feel like I have to, have all the knowledge of a philosopher to know what is true. Uh, again, um, what I like to do is try to think about fact if, if I can. Now that's going to lead us down the road for another slippery path as we try to try to, uh, you know, discover, excuse me, if we try to, um, you know, differentiate what is fact and what isn't because we, of course we've got, you know, news and fake news these days. So, uh, yeah, but I, I think, um, for us, if, if we're okay with it, then what really is what we're going to concern ourselves with, what's true and what we're talking about, is is it a provable fact? Yeah, but uh, you know when you talk about fake news, as you uh, call it, I mean, that's just a recent phenomenon. Surely the, the news organizations before now have always been truthful and upstanding. What, I mean, right, Robert? Oh, gee, Mr. Sarcasm. <laughs> I, I don't think, uh, no. No, that's that's not the case. But that that actually um, led me to discover a mistake that I had made in my understanding of our fourth word, and that's the muckrakers. And I had always thought that the muckrakers, um, the date back to uh, quite a bit time ago, I think we're looking at uh, this is the word that is given to uh, for those of you that don't that don't know it or never heard this word before, it's the word that's given to the the press um, when they stir up information that is sort of done in in an unscrupulous way, and it's a very um, type of um, oh, what's the other word I want to say? It's it's unscrupulous. It's shocking. It's uh, doesn't doesn't necessarily um, uh, paint people into uh, scandalous. That's the word I'm trying to come up with scandalous. So, but here's the deal. So muckrakers, 
um, was actually sort of a group of uh, journalists who wanted to reform politics and wanted to reform uh, business. And, and what they did was to, yes, they found information on people, they brought it to light, and, and the images that they were scooping up the muck, um, and they were getting rid of it. And, um, and so this was in the 1890s and the 1920s, and certainly the people who were the uh, victims, let's say, of the muckrakers um, were not too fond of what they did. But um, I actually found, and I think I've got it in another section in here. I'm going to scroll through this. But one of the most um, famous people to ever have to go through sort of a muckraking and a fake news uh, example. Oh, and I didn't add this on here yet. I've got this on my phone. Was actually Winston Churchill, believe it or not. So Winston Churchill, I think we all appreciate as being an incredible individual that helped the British and, and the rest of the world um, be successful in World War II. And, but he was not free from the press coming after him. And what happened at one point was Winston Churchill was, had a photograph taken of him where he has a book in his hand. And on the title of the book, it says War. And there was a headline that was written up by the um, news agency that was put underneath the, well, I don't know if it was a headline so much as what do you want to call it, a description of it. And it says, Churchill arriving in Downing Street with a book on one of his favorite subjects. And it says war. Now, Churchill was outraged that they would do this type of thing for him. He, obviously, he was working super hard to try to uh, avoid war and to uh, protect England. And he had his staff uh, basically go after the newspaper and tell them they needed to have a reprint, that, that, is, that the photograph was doctored, and there's no way he was carrying a book that said war. Well, there was an independent um, study that was done by another newspaper, and they did, in fact, uh, agree that it was not faked. It was the actual photograph, and Churchill was actually holding something in his hand that said that. As it turned out, it was a manuscript about anti-war, but the title of it said war on the title. And what they said was Churchill never um, agreed to um, say that he was wrong and give the newspaper uh, the benefit of the doubt, so to speak, in the press again. And you know, he, he never apologized, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So now, I guess for me, um, the, the term muckraking, again, still has sort of a negative connotation, especially from the scandalous side of things. Nobody wants to have the truth come out when it is, ooh, I almost did a uh, Al Gore here, inconvenient. <laughs> but, you know, and, or it, it, you know, at the very least, it, if it's embarrassing. And, uh, but this, this group, our fourth word, the muckrakers, um, were people you know, exercising their freedom of the press, and they were using it to expose uh, corruption that was within politics. So I went on and on and on about that one, Bradley. I apologize for spending so long on it. And I think you've got the next word. What, what's, our, what's our fifth word? 
the fifth word is fact. And fact is something that has actual existence, an actual occurrence, a piece of information presented as having ob- objective reality, the quality of being actual. And, uh, you know, talking about truth, I think this is a very important word that we will need to, you know, see along the way to see what is fact and fiction, um, especially with uh, a bunch of like different social media platforms like Facebook. If you see in articles nowadays, they are automatically fact checking them right on the article. They'll even, you know, hide articles and they'll say, we hid this because it isn't fact. It doesn't contain facts. So I think in an information where, uh, it, where the news that we get has already been fact-checked to us, you know, I think the word fact is an important thing to know and really comprehend what it is because, you know, oftentimes, I, you know, and, and sometimes the the fact-checking is uh, shoddy or hit or miss. If you just look at it and it says, this has been known to contain, you know, falsehoods or whatever, and you don't click and read the article, sometimes, you know, uh, I know this is going to be hard to believe, but even Facebook will lead you astray. Uh, old old Mark Zuckerberg up there, he might not have your best interest at heart sometimes and will have his own uh, fact or, I guess, his own version of the truth, I guess, is one way to put it. Um, but just be leery of that, and that's something we'll talk about along the way. Uh, what is real news and what is, oh, our sixth word, uh, fake news? <laughs> so I, I did not... Um look up a definition necessarily. Oh, I did put a link in here about Churchill. Now that I find that I just put it in the wrong place. Um, I did not look up a definition for fake news, but I do know a a history of this. So I'm going to give my own uh, understanding of it. And it's going to start with a little satiric newspaper that I found out about uh, roughly, gosh, I guess it was 15 years ago uh, called the onion. And have you are you familiar with the onion at all, Bradley? Uh, yes, I have actually been duped by the onion before. I think I was in, in middle school. I've I've been duped by the onion before. So 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 have I. Yeah, so have I. I was actually working for an educational testing company at the time, and one of the um, test uh, what were we called? I guess we were the the quality control people who would make everybody take our test, and we'd watch their grading. But he had, he hipped me to the onion, and at the time it was literally just a newspaper. You know they still were printing it, and uh, yes, it was probably being shown online. And I just loved it. It was clearly by looking at it, everything was fake. You could hold it in your hands, take a picture of it. You knew that the titles of the articles were fake. Now that that is my true um, in quotes definition of the word fake news. Now, what I believe was done in a brilliant stroke by um, Donald Trump, and really, I, I think it was brilliant that he did it. He flipped the script at a point where he was challenged by what he said was the number of people that attended his inauguration and made the claim that it was more than anyone else had ever had. And, and then as his... Uh, what do you want to call them? His press secretaries were interviewed and they were questioned very quickly about the numbers that Donald was saying. His press secretary said, well, that's a, that's a, a group of alternative facts. 
And that's what we believe to be true. And, and that really, to me, started not, not my, you know, not my quest against fake news, but it really just heightened my sensitivity to the idea that someone could actually take a real thing like fake news <laughs> that was already happening, turn it to his advantage. And he has been able to use that for a very long time. And, you know, and I think there are definitely times where he has been unfairly characterized. I'll, I'll say that right now. I think that there are times where he has been the victim of truly fake news. Um, I don't have my specific examples of it. I just know there have been times when I've listened to, if we want to call them mainstream media, um, and, and they have used insinuation, opinion, innuendo to... Um, do their reporting more so than they did fact. And so I, I think occasionally he's able to do that, and I think it's correct. There are other times, though, that when I hear him say it, I don't really agree. And uh, so, Bradley, what do you think about Donald Trump when it comes to his talking about fake news and, and calling out CNN reporters during his press conferences and telling them that they're just fake? Well, uh, I've actually been to a Trump rally before. Uh, when he was running the first time around, uh, he actually came locally to Birmingham, Alabama, a huge event. And man, it was really just a ruckus crowd. You know, there was a lot of, uh, there were people, uh, there was an African-American couple who got kicked out, uh, which they, they were, they were sort of disturbing the, 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 the rally, I guess, but nothing, uh, incendiary that I thought would, you know, but of course he's like, of course, Trump was the get him out. Get you him were there with the here. one where he said, get him out. Oh, there's probably been multiple ones where he said, get him out. Well, that, that's that's one of the main ones that I remember was the African-American woman who was being um, uh, confronted, let's say, by people in the crowd. And then I don't remember the African-American man so much. But that's again, that's what they just showed on TV from what I saw. So, uh, yeah, I, I did not necessarily know that that was the location of that. So, so did he, did he talk about fake news at that rally? Oh, hundred percent. He pointed to the cameras and he said, that's the ones you've got to watch out for. Those are them. That's the fake news. And everybody just looked at the people with the cameras and the guys recording this are just sitting here recording it and everybody's booing. I'm just boo, oh boo, fake news. Yelling. At them. I mean, and, uh, and you know, who, who knows, but we, the South is actually very renowned for our own, uh, fake news site, much like the onion called the Babylon Bee, which is a sort of right leaning, mm -hmm. uh, very Christian oriented. Like some of the headlines, Trump asked to please stop making pew pew noises throughout space for strategy meeting. It's one of their good ones. I don't know. There's good. One. And, but some of them are like, some of them are actually pretty convincing. Uh, here's another thing. A democratic convention viewer wishing they would just get to the part about all the free stuff. That's another one I thought was pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the one you're talking about, I don't, I don't know if this was the specific one, but I know that he did kick out uh, a, an African-American couple with the one I went to. I don't know if it was the one you're talking about on the news. I don't want to. I Yeah, I'm not sure either. So, yeah, hopefully we won't have a storm of uh, comments to us about how wrong we are. But, I mean, it, it was just he really does have a uh, – I mean, if there's one thing that Trump has done, I actually worked on the Ted Cruz campaign at that time. Uh, you know, maybe revealing a little bit of my bias here mm -hmm. or my former bias. But uh, at that time, he I mean, Trump did does really have a cult of personality. Like, 
uh, around him and about him that I think, right. you know, I mean, it, he, I mean, it, he, he, does, he knows how to, how to affect his base and rile up his base. I talked to hundreds and hundreds of voters during that time uh, from Alabama to Florida, just about the whole situation and who they were voting for. And uh, he, he got a lot of people who, who he got a lot of people who you wouldn't think like would feel disenfranchised to feel disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I'm going to going too much on a political rant there. And well, even though this is a political pod- podcast, you know, I still want to make this, uh, this introductory episode a little more objective. Um, which brings us to the word research, which is something we are going to need to do a lot here. And yes. we've already done quite a lot. I, I did go to the dictionary for this one. And uh, in terms of it being a noun, um, research can be the systematic investigation into and and study of materials and sources in order to establish facts and reach new conclusions. Boy, we got a lot of words we've already heard <laughs> that are uh, built into that. So that that makes complete sense to me. And and I, I think there's one angry rant that I've seen on social media right now where it's, it's someone stating um, just because you said that you looked at a video on YouTube and read somebody's blog doesn't mean that you actually research this topic. And then they'll go through the, the idea of basically what um, is the, uh, the standards of what someone who's going to publish their research has to go through which is, you know, obviously um, stating their biases, um, stating their objectives of their study, print, you know, actually having a true um, research paper that has work cited. Uh, it goes through the peer review process. And, uh, and that really is what true research is if you're looking at it from the standpoint of academia. Um, and that's, that's the, what it would be. Now, that doesn't mean, though, um, to... Uh, you know, I, I don't want to denounce anybody's um, uh, pursuit of, again, what we're trying to call truth and facts and looking at things themselves and, and trying to make up their own mind. I mean, everybody can't, I mean, it's just, it's just not practical. Everybody can't just find all of these sources, all of this information, do all the fact checking themselves. And I mean, it's just very difficult. It doesn't mean that you should give up. On that, and that's actually one of the reasons that motivated me to to want to have a podcast like this. And I've I've thrown this out to social media multiple times and tried to ask people, you know, what do you use for your source of information? And uh, and I've I've heard and seen quite a big um, amount of those. And that that'll be a, a podcast episode that we're going to cover at some point. Is all these different fact checking sites. And 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 then in the different news media sites, so I think that'll be something that'll be really worthwhile uh, for us to look at. You know, I actually talked to one of your broadcasting partners, uh, Daryl Darnell. I was listening back to the Fringe podcast from who been twelve years ago now, uh, and he actually said in, as an offhanded remark that he said, uh, "I check MSNBC every day, and and for my news just to see what's going on." And I asked him about that. I said, "Do you still check MSNBC every day for your news?" And he said. I have no no recollection of even saying that, right. you know, and, and I think we get into habits sometimes. And I know I've done it myself, you know, used to uh, probably oh, I'd say probably like eight or so years ago. I checked Fox News, which uh, I know might 
draw the ire of some people out there. And then I sort of try to balance it with CNN and I try to play the balancing act. And then I try to check Reuters and all this. Most of the time I just stick with the Hill now for political news. Uh, and I sort of get my, which this is something probably I need to talk about later, but I'll usually sort of get, instead of running the gambit like I used to do and trying to track everything down, I'll just usually get the Hill. And if there's anything that I feel, uh, is I guess uh, pontificating on their part. You know, I'll just take what I want, leave what I don't want. You know. Now, what what did you mean when when you said pontificate? I always think of that as being just simply uh, a lecturer um, talking. Is is that is that have some sort of negative connotation if somebody pontificates? I don't I don't recall exactly what that word means. So yeah, sort of pontificating, sort of uh, I guess. Uh, Sort of, I guess, to me, and maybe I'm taking this out of context as well, but it's sort of like getting on your soapbox and okay. Uh, okay. and sort of saying something that's opinion-based more than, uh, than fact-based. Okay, very good. Well, that, that, that is a word we can add to the list at some point. Yeah, I just thought it was, I, I, just, I thought it had just sort of a negative connotation uh, and again, I, I have un- misunderstood many a word. If if anything, we'll do a special because you know so much about lyrics of songs and, and music, about all the words that I've I've gotten wrong all my life when it comes to uh, song lyrics. And I know that uh, other people have done that too. But uh, anyway, um, so let's. So I know I threw in there for research. And uh, I had scientific method. Were, I do have a, a, some information about that. Were you able to find anything on that, Bradley, or do you want me to cover uh, it? You can get that. So the, the scientific method is certainly something that um, I'm very interested in. And after getting my uh, graduate degree in exercise science and, and doing just a tiny bit of true research, a tiny bit that I had to do when I was in grad school, but essentially, the, the scientific method has five basic steps. And, um, and well, then I guess there's also a feedback step. So the first one is you simply make an observation. Uh, the second one is after making this observation, you ask a question about it. I think we kind of skip those stages sometimes when we talk about the scientific method. Uh, the third one is then you're going to form what's called a hypothesis about that and then it needs to be sort of testable uh, testable or have an explanation uh, the fourth step is make a prediction based on the hypothesis and and then that's that's what that's everything that you do when you're doing research is you test the the prediction that you've just made now that is the true scientific method um, and and then finally then the the last bonus um, step is to um, use the results that you've made to make a new hypothesis and, and new possible predictions. And that really is what happens in, um, in science is that you've, you've done your study, someone else um, looks at your results, and, and they're going to potentially expand upon what you've done, or you're going to continue to research your own area too. And, but that's a reason why you painstakingly write down every single method that you've used, you know, all of your results. And, and there is certainly a problem when it comes to medical science. Um, now we're certainly deep within this in the world of COVID-19 and, and people agreeing or disagreeing 
with the quote-unquote science of COVID-19. And, and that really is a subject that's just huge for us to try to get into uh, for an introductory episode. So we're going to glance over it to a certain extent, uh, I think, is what kind of what we have to do. Yeah, uh, and I think it's something that has hit us both, I guess, personally, because I know that you are directly in the medical field and my wife works and, and my, my you know other family members, my uncle, my mom all work in the medical field and with different units shutting down, they've all had to deal with COVID, you know, here and there. Uh, so I think that's something we definitely need to try to scratch the surface of eventually. I don't know how we can get into it if, or how many parts that we need to get into it, but, you know, talking to the scientific method, I think we've all, you know, in fourth grade flipped a penny a hundred times and counted how many times it did and wrote down, but how does that apply to politics? You think Robert? <laughs> well, Again, yeah, yeah, what yeah. I was saying is the, I mean, the scientific method is, is a way to control your um, questions that you have. And it's a way then to test your questions under those controls and, and come up with answers. Now, in politics, um, for, you know, a, a very long time, people have had the ability to, when they're campaigning, to, to make sometimes some really outrageous statements. And, and rarely do those statements necessarily get held to uh, account, especially in a debate. Um, you know, I think when we watch debates, you know, immediately we'll have these quote-unquote fact-checkers after they've had the debate. They'll also have the people they call the spin doctors um, who will come on television and they'll reiterate what the the particular de, you know debatees were talking about but uh, man i you know i don't know that i think this is why we I, we created the podcast because i just don't know where true science is anymore i don't know where the truth is anymore um that is recognized by a majority of people uh, do you think there is anything out there bradley where we can say it's it's really hands down is recognized as this is the source that everybody can go to and we're all going to trust where this comes from. Oh, uh, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, I know a few that I'll read like associated press. I feel like associated press is something that they just usually put out the, the facts and they don't really, uh, spin it either way personally. And I would think a majority of people like, you know, think like that. But I think even sources like uh, NPR, I think a lot of people see, and a lot of people on the right will see like a left-leaned NPR, or um, you know even folks, you know places like Fox News. You know people on the left will see a, a very heavy right lean, you know, to places like Fox News. And so, really, where is that line in the middle? Like a, I think there's a the website's called like All Media Bias, and you go and you they give you a big old chart, and you just look at it, and it's like. Where does your, you know, preferred your site, uh, you know, your, your source, yeah, your of, source information of information, come yeah, where from? does it come from? And it seems like even, it seems like they all sort of have a slant either way. I haven't really seen one except for maybe Associated Press or Reuters or something. Either those two or two big ones that come up a lot. Mm-hmm. But even I think Reuters leans a little left, maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, even even sites like I think Reuters even leans a little bit left, but. I think Associated Press is really the only one that I can think goes uh, uh, that is right in the middle, and maybe they don't even go right in the middle. I think it's all subjective, even if it isn't. 
even if it's objective, I think it's all subjective to who is reading and interpreting the information because anybody can really interpret the information anyway. You know, they they uh, look at it because everybody has their own glasses that they see the world through, and it just really depends on how they how they read the news or how they take. Well, it. I I think that's an excellent way for us to transition into uh, the, the next thing that I, I would like to talk about, and that is, uh, fallacies. Okay. That is actually where we are going to break off this particular, uh, first episode of the truth or politics podcast. This was the introduction part one. We're going to pick up with introduction part two, and that's where we're going to talk about the logical fallacies, distraction fallacies, whatever you like to call them. A lot of those things based off of uh, Aristotle's work initially. And I want to remind you that to be able to contact us, um, if you have some comments, we'd love to hear them. And you can do that at a couple different places. You can go to on our um, email account, Truth or politics podcast at gmail.com. You could also leave us a message. It's a three minute long uh, time limit. But if you feel like you need to actually go a little bit longer than that time and you would like to double that, give us six minutes long, that's perfectly fine with us. You can call us at 662 374 0778. Once again, that's 662 374 and then finally, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you want to join our Facebook group, um, all you have to do is to already be a Facebook um, user, go into your little search window and type in the Truth or Politics podcast, and that should pull up our um, icon to uh, click on us. I did this the other day. And it looks like there's only about three that pop up in that category when it comes to Facebook group sites. If you um, type in exactly the Truth or Politics podcast, and you will get us. So, guys, thanks again so much, guys and gals. Thanks again so much for listening to us. We hope that you'll give us uh, a good shot here in a few episodes, do some reviews, and we really hope to keep this thing going so we can talk about the truth or politics. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false. Well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got. I'm not going to continue trying to respond to these re repetitions of the falsehoods that have already been stated here. Read my lips. No new taxes. Our politics seems more vulnerable to conspiracy theories and outright fabrication. We choose truth over facts. Some of the most dishonest people in media are the so-called fact checkers. We will keep this promise to the American people. If you like your doctor, you will be able to keep your doctor, period. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan, period. Just totally distorting.